I don't know where he's going But I sure know where he's been Hanging on accomplishments in the fights of yesterday And I've made up my mind I ain't wasting no more time Here we go again Here we go again Though he keeps searching for an answer He never seems to find what he's looking for Lord, he prays to get the strength to carry on He knows what it means To walk the streets of Albuquerque Here we go again with John Jones Walking down the only road he's ever known This time he's got a gun and he's alone And I've made up my mind I ain't wasting no more time Welcome everybody to the Fighting With Myself podcast The podcast for the quarantined MMA fan Hosted by a quarantined man and I am that man. My name is Juice Exotic. <laughs> that's right, Juice Exotic. Uh, just kidding. And that's not going to be my permanent name. It's just funny as fuck. Uh, dude, we got a lot to talk about. And by a lot, I mean not a lot. But we're going to make it happen. Uh, let me give you a quick rundown of what's going on. Uh, I'm going to talk about one of the biggest influences... For me, that got me into MMA and, and something I'd like to see come back. Uh, we're also going to talk about John Jones fucking up in the news, amongst other things. And then we're going to get to everyone's favorite segment, the forum. So uh, before I do that, I'm going to take a quick break. Uh, you can hear from my sponsor. While that's going on, I'm going to be getting super high so we can do this properly. And then we're going to get right the fuck into the show. Welcome back, welcome back. You know what I have in my notes for this season? Season. I mean segment. Talk about bully beatdown. A lot. And this is why. It was my first introduction to MMA. We didn't have it on growing on in the uh, growing up in the house. Because my dad wasn't a big fan. But when my sister and I stumbled on uh, bully beatdown on MTV, one fateful morning bro changed my life if you if you never saw it first of all fix that uh it's on amazon prime i think uh that you can i I think about the first season for like 5.99 that you can like stream um like only that i don't think they have a dvd form that you can have like you can all you stream it and they also have uh a lot of the episodes actually are on YouTube as well to watch for free. So yeah, fix that. But if you never saw, um, and if you don't know who Mayhem Miller is, Mayhem Miller, uh, Jason Mayhem Miller, was the host, creator, etc. Um, he, uh, I think he was the creator. Anyway, in my mind, he made the show. Um, he's a, a MMA fighter 
for for years. He's got like thirty plus fights, um, maybe probably close to forty. Um, he actually fought in the UFC twice. He fought GSP. I think it was like right after GSP lost to Matt Hughes for the first time. And um, GSP beat the fuck out of him, obviously. But he's tough as hell. It wasn't like a terrible beating. But um, it was pretty clear win for GSP. And then he actually was on season 14 of The Ultimate Fighter. I believe this was actually post-Billy Beatdown. And uh, so he was up to my- Michael Bisping. And uh, they they fought in the in the finale. And it was a fucking great fight. Now, um, the host of the show, Mayhem Miller, the premise was that he would get like tapes sent to him from victims. Right? They'd be like, I'm bu- Mayhem, I got this problem with this bully. He won't leave me alone, blah, 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 blah. They might show a clip of the bully fucking him up. Um, and then, at least this is way in the first season, then it changed after that for the last two seasons. It was on three seasons total. But he, he would then go to the bully's house and be like, hey, motherfucker. You're an asshole, or whatever. Uh, and then if they wouldn't like give in, he would say, "All right, then you got you got to. I'll give you a chance to earn some money. Fight my professional fighter in a cage. Um, since you like to pick on people, why don't you uh, see how it is to be picked on, or whatever, and uh, see if you can be my fighter." And uh, before I even go further, obviously I know it's fake. Okay, so these are actors or whatever. It's not like a a real thing. But then of course they're like, "Okay, yeah, let me earn that money." And then Mayhem will like set them up with someone to get some training or whatever and then they go but it's only like a day like literally um i think it's just kind of make sure they know the rules and stuff like that and uh and maybe some like basic grappling probably and um then they go in and fight the fighter so they give um it's, it's sort of like a reality show game show format and they give the bully an opportunity to um win money so they, they do it in two rounds the, the bully had to fight a professional mma fighter um, they did it in two rounds. The first round was just grappling. Um, five minutes of just uh, basically jujitsu. Um, the go- fighter's goal was to tap the bully out, and if they got five taps in under uh, under in in the five minute window, not under a minute, in, in under five minutes, then the bully would lose their money for that round. But so basically, like um, they start out with five thousand. Every time they tap, they lose a thousand. So some of them like got out of there with like. 2000 sometimes 1000 i think there was even a fighter uh uh who who failed all of them like he beat the fuck out of them but um couldn't uh couldn't finish the bully most of them finished it they most of them got finished in the kickboxing round because they do five minutes of grappling and then they would do five minutes of kickboxing so there wasn't like you know straight mma because if, if it was they would literally just t- even if they're not a wrestler they would be able to have better wrestling than the fucking boy they would just take him down and beat the fuck out of him ground and pound and they would all be over real quick so they had to do like five minutes of grappling five minutes of kickboxing and the whole time they're like toying with him like using the submissions because uh, it can it can take a while to set up a submission they kind of go fast um but uh sometimes they also like the style i'm like eddie alvarez one time got this dude in a fucking peruvian necktie which uh is a big part of why i'm an eddie alvarez fan because he was on the show um but yeah if you if you haven't seen it definitely go look it up because the first season had uh, just some of the my favorite names had tony bonello uh connor hune was on there michael westbrook jake shields was on there a few times uh thomas denny that's the gentleman i mentioned who uh did not win any money and the bully got all the money um Eddie Alvarez, like I said before, Andre Arlovsky, uh, literally a, at that time he was already a UFC champion because it was obviously earlier in his career, and then this was later. This show came in like 08. 
Um, Jeremy Horn was on there, the fucking legend Jeremy Horn. Michelle Watterson, Bobby Green, Tyron Woodley, Joe Riggs. DC was on there, Daniel Cormier, Darren Crookshank, both DCs. I mean, two of three anyway. Um, dude, it, it is amazing. And I, and I really like fell in love with it because I, I was bullied as a kid. Like not a ton. I wasn't like a fucking pussy or whatever, but like I was always a nerd and I was the never like cool. And, uh, you had a bunch of assholes obviously trying to fucking build themselves up by tearing other people down. We're not going to get into the psychology of bullies. This is not a fucking psychology podcast. But anyway, uh, when I was watching this, I was like, dude, this is what exactly what they fucking deserve. And, uh, you know, this is awesome. So this really like influenced how I feel about certain fighters. Like fighters that were on Bully Beatdown automatically like they're on my fucking list of, of fighters I love. Can't get enough. And I, I've been thinking recently that they should bring this show back. They should bring it back. Mayhem is um, out of jail. You can look that up. I'm not going to sit here and bury anyone's name. I don't have any facts, really. I mean, they're obviously available to me, but I'm not going to sit here and talk about his record or anything. Um, but he's out, and he's, he's, to my knowledge, clean, on the right track. It's time to fucking bring this show back. We need mayhem in our lives. We need it. And um, the fucking modern-day bullies are Twitter trolls. So I feel like this is a perfect way for them to get some, some fucking justice. Um, just, just hit them up on Twitter, slide in those DMs and say, Hey, I noticed you're talking a lot of shit. Do you want to back that up? Like the ones that troll fighters, you know, like if they're trolling fire, give them a chance to fucking back it up. And, um, yeah, that'll be, that'll be the way to do it. The money should probably raise like 10 grand isn't enough to get anyone out of bed anymore. You know, especially when some of that is inevitably going to go to the fighters. And uh, that's not enough of the fighters anyway. I'm sure they have to be paid uh, aside from that. So um, this is just a, a dream of mine. And uh, I think it should happen. So um, I made a post one time actually about it. And Mayhem Miller commented, stay tuned. And I was like, oh! And obviously he's like playing with everyone, right? But like if you fucking... if enough, I think if enough people tweet about this, and tag mayhem maybe tag the ufc dana fucking ari emmanuel wme img tag all those motherfuckers and say we need bully beatdown and uh that's what's gonna bring our sport to the forefront which actually was another point another reason why i wanted to talk about this uh is because i i, I talked about this a little bit after stephen a smith uh made a fucking fool out of himself in the connor cowboy fight um saying he quit and all that other bullshit um, I struggle to cope with MMA's acceptance into mainstream culture, into mainstream sports culture, and, um, just overall pop culture because dude, and it's this, what ultimately what it means is that it is being seen by more eyes. It's, you know, brought into, to more people's lives. And I want to share this with everybody. I don't want to, sound like that guy that hipster that you know is a fan of a certain band and then when they finally make a bid they're like no i knew i knew them before they got big you you know what you're talking about stop stop being a fucking casual with this band or whatever like 
but at the same time, I am that guy. I like the, the name fighting with myself is not just a name. I literally fight with my own opinions all the time because some of it I know is fucking contradictory. And, uh, because most situations in my opinion are not black or white, they're gray. And this is an issue where I'm very gray on because like I said, I want it to be everyone. Ultimately, even though the, um, most major promoters don't have a proper revenue share with their fighters, um, more revenue for the companies and more for, for, for the promoters ultimately there's a trickle-down effect and the fighters are going to benefit from that so i want to support it and i, and I want to be like yeah get it in fucking all the right medias but at the same time i want it to get to the right amount of eyes i don't want to just get everybody i don't i want to get to more people that are just going to call it human cockfighting and make us regress i want it to be looked at in a positive light I, I, and, I, and i want more people to understand the like benefits of of how it can enrich people's lives and more so i want the right kind of people to understand personalities and understand what it what it means when you identify with a fighter in such a strong way like that's why i am the way i am because i had this show in my life and i and i had those experiences that led me to find martial arts and let me to find um fighters who are being our with their personalities, doing good things that makes you just cheer for them even more. So, uh, I love it. And I, and I want to know how ridiculous I sound when I, when I say that I don't want our sport to be like in mainstream sports culture, because I want the right kind of fans, but I, but I do want more people. I don't think I understand the, uh, the good things about it. It's just an issue where I'm very torn on because, it, it, it's like making a deal with the devil, in my opinion. And I don't know I'm being, you know, uh, hyperbolic. I, I know I'm uh, just exaggerating, but you know, it, it is in a sense because you're you're compromising integrity of 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 the fighters in that sense. Because it, now with with modern UFC with with the Reebok deal, it changed so much about fighter personality. They can't cosplay at weigh-ins. They can't you know wear what they want on their walkout. They can't do uh, any sort of cool shit. Uh, like that it's it's goddamn ridiculous um so uh i don't know i i was thinking about when i was watching this the other day since the quarantine i've been binging a lot of this show um just kind of watching on youtube and, and amazon like i said i have the first season um and and it's just made me think like what we need is the right kind of media, the right kind of coverage. Shows like this, which are unique, that don't exist anywhere else. You know, shows like this that allow the fighters to be, you know, seen in a positive light like this, and also some of their personality. Um, like, I, I I can remember, like, some of the things the, um, the, the fighter said in there, like, pre... Like, Mayhem would always, like, you know almost like before a fight you do like a locker room interview sometimes like Bellator does this all the time and sometimes it's fucking annoying but sometimes it's cool where they'll interview people in the locker room right when they're like on deck about to fight and so he would go and like you know show the fighters um the victims that they were protecting or whatever like the kind of getting the fucking I don't know um just dirts over if that makes sense um and then it would, they would go in, in the fighter and like, like, oh, I saw your fighter. He looks scary. But are you ready? Are you sure? They give him a chance to back out, uh, which of course they do because they need the fucking money because they're uh, broke actors. Duh. But um, 
Yeah, and so you got to see a side of the personality. And, and when they were taking the victims to meet the fighter that was going to be the shit out of their bully, it would always like like certain things they would say like, Jake Shields, to be honest with you, is boring as fuck. If you listen to his interviews, like in most like media coverage, but in Bully Beatdown, he was like uh, funny, and they build him at that time as like this fucking like uh, wrecking machine, or whatever. Because I think at a certain point, Mayhem had already fought Jake, um, and Mayhem at one point in the fight, I think it was toward the end, he had uh, Jake Shields in a rear naked choke, and uh, and Jake Shields like was saved by the bell kind of like he didn't tab but um he was having trouble fighting it uh but for the most part it was a dominant victory over jake shields so they obviously they wanted to um they wanted to build up jake shields by saying like oh he he even beat mayhem or whatever and i remember like hearing from him on there and being like yeah dude this guy's the shit dude american jiu-jitsu are you kidding me i love it and uh of course i later found out about the scrap pack and all that stuff so uh they've always been um fighters uh the, the fighters that have been on here mean like just a lot to me like eddie alvarez uh was on the show i think twice at least twice definitely once um or sorry at least twice maybe three times um the one time he was fighting this fucking uh asshole bully from like brooklyn or whatever uh or it might have been staten island but it was somewhere in in, in one of the boroughs in new york and um he was like <laughs> He was like a fucking bodybuilder, but he was like five foot three or something like that. But he had this fucking Napoleon complex and he was like, Mayhem, I'm 160. You're going to put me with a guy that's also 160? Uh, we don't go by weight classes. Fuck that. I bench 160 all day. I need a heavyweight. And he was like making a fucking uh, ass of himself. That's when Eddie Alvarez styled on him with the Peruvian necktie. That's when he fucking beat the shit out of him. When, when it came to kickboxing, he literally beat him with only leg kicks and then finish off with a kick to the chest like no hands at all he threw like six fucking leg kicks in a row in the same leg and the guy buckled then he hit him with in the chest um with it with a like a, a low kick and john mccarthy stopped the fight and that was the other thing too is big john was always the ref so it was cool um and they had a ref cam obviously which because obviously you're gonna have that if you're uh have any sense of fucking production and um that's what made me think about talking about the show because I was like, we need that in the UFC. And I know other pro uh, promotions have done it. Like, don't come at me with your PFL shit. I know they have that. Don't come at me with Pride. Obviously, had the ref cam, duh. Um, what's the other one? Cam Soda. <laughs> Dude, if Cam Soda Legends, f fucking shitty regional promotion uh, that was uh, a fucking run by like a webcam company, like a sex webcam company, if they can have a fucking ref cam, the UFC needs to get their goddamn shit together. Um, I do not want to hear any fucking questions about that. Like, don't, don't defend them for not having one. They need to have it. I don't care about costs. I don't care about production. This is about me. This is about me getting what I want. And that is to be closer to the fighters in the cage. Can you tell them hi? Obviously. But, um, I just realized I haven't really taken a breath in 10 minutes. So let me just do that. Allow you guys to take a break as well. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I just, uh, I want to let you guys know how much I love Bully Beatdown and that, you know, while you're not doing anything goddamn else with your life, watch Bully Beatdown. It's the best. I mean, I can't, I can't stress how important the show is to understanding the fucking uh, crux of, of what MMA is. Uh, so... I don't know. Things like that are, are essential in my opinion.
So with that, I will take a step down off my soapbox and let's talk about some news in which I'm going to uh, tear some motherfuckers a new asshole and uh, probably make no sense. Yay! But before I get into news, I did want to say just um, just a quick thing that I forgot to mention at the top of the show. Um, this is my 52nd episode, uh, which means I have been on for a year. Um, I started the show, I, I think the actually the, um, the first episode came out, it was either March 31st or April 1st, and... Um, Yeah, April. I'm looking at it right now. It was it was April first, and uh, it was not an April Fool's joke, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's coming up. And so, uh, this is a little bittersweet because I wanted to make the the year anniversary, uh, you know, every every year like a really big show. Um, I was planning a guest today. Um, which they our schedules didn't line up i mean it is what it is so it's not anything you know much left to them they're going to be on next week but um just in general like i wanted it to be feel like really special and uh we're in a quarantine and there's not only no fights to talk about but it's just little old me um but i i seriously want to thank everyone who has um talked about the podcast shared the podcast listen obviously um the podcast grow by word of mouth so and anyone that's always tweeting about it um I really, really appreciate it, and um, yeah, uh, didn't didn't want to slow things down and, and get all somber or whatever. But I just, uh, you know, I want to say I really appreciate anyone who's who supported me in, in any way, and um, I I just want to thank everyone for um, for for listening. So, um, and, and I guess I'm I'm especially. Um, uh, what's the word? Not emotional, but, um, I'm especially contemplative. No, well, maybe I'm especially grateful. I'll tell you this because, um, during the, the quarantine, um, listens to the show have dropped. And, uh, so I really appreciate the people that are sticking around. And so this episode is for you. And it has nothing to do with me. It is all for you. So thank you. A million times thank you. And now let's talk about John Jones being a fuck up again, dude. Wow. And I thought about all the shit I wanted to say. Um, you know, and, and then it, it kind of, I kind of got to a point where I just feel like this is not like benefiting anyone. Like talking about this, like it's kind of how I feel about uh, Luke Rockhold. Like you guys know, Luke Rockhold is my absolute least favorite fighter. Uh, gets no sympathy from me for just about anything. Um, like fuck him. Uh, but uh, when he like got his jaw broken against Jan, like I, I went on here to like bury him and 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 celebrate his demise, but uh, I just couldn't do it. I, I was just like, you know what? The man is is in the hospital with his jaw wired shut, um, probably eating uh, intravenously. <laughs> like, 
I, I just, I just was so, I, I felt, I felt bad. And I was like, please hang him up. Please stop. And that's not at the situation we're at with John Jones in terms of his fighting ability, though, without, um, without the sauce, it, you know, he, he's still one of the best, but he's, he's not looked as good. Let's say that. But it, it's just so fucking mind numbing how even in a situation where we're supposed to be, you know, being away from everybody, we're supposed to be, you know, keeping to ourselves. Uh, this motherfucker is is preaching social distance, preaching self-quarantine and then going out and being like, hey, I'm going to get drunk. Uh, on Jorge Masvidal's mezcal, I'm gonna drive around the streets of Albuquerque, get into some fucking trouble with a gun in the car, dude. What the hell? And and yes, I, I'm fully aware. I'm, there's a lot of John Jones defenders out there, and God bless you for for sticking beside him in 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 a, in a tough time. You know, woo. You know, and and someone going through addiction is is terrible. And if that's actually the case, that's sad. But but again. This this man has received second, third, fourth, and fifth chances. One is enough, enough. It's it's just like, what the hell? And yeah, um, there are some people out there who consider uh, getting a DUI or DWI or whatever it's called now. I'm not I'm not sure if one is different than the other or if it's just a name preference. But um, fucking, I don't I don't consider them to be minor infractions. Uh, you're putting it's not just your life at risk you're putting others at risk who had absolutely nothing uh to do with your terrible decision so yeah it's fucking uh disgusting and uh yeah the body cam footage came out and it, it wasn't that favorable into the police department making him do the test over and over again but the fact is he he ultimately failed and uh was just was just ripe for the taking uh it's it's something that I'll, I'll never. I, I guess where I'm at is, like I kind of like alluded to in the song at the beginning of the show. Like, I ain't wasting no more time on this guy. <laughs> like, I'm just done talking about John Jones. I'm not gonna talk about him in a negative light because ultimately that keeps his name in the news. And uh, I'm not gonna certainly not gonna be talking uh, to, about him in a positive light because he doesn't deserve it. Um. Well, it's it's so crazy. Like some of the funniest tweets I've seen have come out of this. <laughs> like Ashley's tweet with that guy. That was probably the goat. Uh, that report. That's like <laughs> she was like Ashley the MMA nerd. Shout out to her and her podcast. <laughs> was like, oh, <laughs> and the video of the reporter. <laughs> It was like recording outside of Yellowstone, looking off camera, being like, oh no, I'm done with you. And her caption was like, the citizens of Albuquerque when they see John Jones driving or something like that. And this is coming from a Jones fan. She's fucking terrible. Anyway, uh, much love. And then she goes, oh, now that I won you over with that John Jones tweet, I'm going to push you away again. It starts tweeting about Valerie Lareda. Oh, the goat. The goat. Uh, speaking of the goat, Dev Talks MMA's tweet was probably number two when he was like, "Don't worry, y'all. John's gonna tweet something like, uh, God gives his toughest battles to his toughest soldiers, and then we're all gonna move on with our life.' And why? Why is my wife here now? Because I heard you talking about addiction. I knew you were gonna say that. 
and that's not a bad thing. I just wanted to say, as someone who grew up with addicts in their family, and I believe it was Mickey that tweeted, like, these are funny memes. I'm not going to say they're not. But, like, how sad he must be as a human. And he doesn't realize he needs help, and that's just sad to me. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. I know there's funny memes, and I know yeah. he's a dick. Like, God, yeah. Jesus, Lord. John Jones has done many shitty, shitty, shitty things. But I've only watched a little bit of the cam, and it was just really sad to see. Like, and it, Mickey made, I think, I'm 99% positive it was Mickey. Um, Mickey Gall? No, Twitter Mickey. Mickey. Do- Mixed a man? Mixed a doo doo? Yeah, Mixed a doo doo. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> Hi, Mick. Shout out, Mick and the Turbo Team. He made something saying, like, people around him are enabling him. Yeah. And that's why we were at my mom's the other day, and I had asked a question, and um, it was just something interesting to me because it's like, people can enable you, but if you're an addict, you have to make the decision to change. And John Jones is not there, He's clearly. Not. And I wish he'd get the help because he has all these people cheering him on. Yeah, literally. It's, it's sad. It is really sad. And that that's kind of what I was alluding to, like... At this point, like, I'm done raging about it. I'm done, like, yeah, should he be stripped of the belt? Absolutely. Like, all, oh, 100%. You know, like, all these things. Are, but, then, but then let's just move on. Like, you know, he, he needs to get help before he returns to the cage again. I agree. 100%. And this is something I don't know if you knew. Um, last year, or, or was it two years ago? I think it was before. It was right before he fought DC the second time. His mom died. Oh, geez. Um, and so, like, I, th- I think since then he's just... His life hasn't been the same. like the same, um, but suppose like this is the, my whole point again about him getting um, second and third chances and fourth and fifth chances. Um, he went on Ariel Hawani show and said like you know oh, I I went through therapy I went through this like you know uh, rehab program that was for dealing with grief I went through all these things like it made me realize like you know depression is for everybody and, and that therapy is for everybody um, and like it was just interview where i was like wow he's actually changed and then he goes and does this like clearly he's not it's like the conor mcgregor with cowboy he's changed but he's up we'll yeah, yeah no kind i love of. <laughs> <laughs> and i uh, and, you know i have no bad i know i'm sorry i came on here but you know okay. why is my wife here i live here bitch i live here well i couldn't tell <laughs> i couldn't tell if i was being so goddamn ridiculous that you wanted to no, like oh i know you are a stoned puppy right now um <laughs> No, I just always like to weigh in my opinion when it comes to addiction because I think a lot of people don't realize. No, it's very valid. How serious it can be. But I also think that it's John Jones and it's hard not to be like. Yeah, smack you. Yeah, you yeah. idiot. Exactly. Um, and Ashley's meme was funny. The video you watched it? I don't know, but I saw the tweet. The guy was like, oh no. I, the alienating thing I saw after though. Like now that I have your attention. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Guys, I'm really good at committing to half things. Like, <laughs> oh, I saw this. Did you watch it? No, I saw it. That counts. And that's all the Mrs. Juice you get for now because I'm cleaning right. our house. Bye. But um, I hope everyone is well and safe and healthy. And Yeah, stay the fuck inside, huh? Except when it's nice out. Go for a well, walk. Yeah, agree. But, like, don't but, go but, to beaches. But don't, yeah, exactly. Stop don't going go to public. freaking beaches. Just go, like, in your backyard or fucking the park. But, like, not with people. <laughs> <laughs> Six feet. Social distance. That's how much space I'm keeping between me and Juice right now. Totally. 12 for safety. Yeah. Got to leave room for Jesus. Hail Satan. <laughs> Just kidding. I love uh, you. Bye. We did not plan this. That was that was really great. Um, so, yeah. Those are my thoughts on John Jones. Fix yourself. Please. <laughs> please. And and let's let's uh, let's move on. Uh 
Oh, and Phil, Phil the MMA dude, uh, shout out to Phil, co-host of the Split Decision podcast. He had a great tweet as well. He used the video that Mac Malley spams a lot when Kevin McDonald's like starting the referee is like starting the fight. Is that the one that you listened to last this week? Yes. He has a great speaking voice. Yeah. Great voice. I agree. Love it. Music my ears. Love it. Um, that's true. By the way, Phil, I agree. Uh, Jesus, I lost my thought. Oh, the one with yeah, that 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 video of Mac Malley uh posts a lot where Kevin McDonald's like. You know, starting the fight, and he's like, you know, it's almost like a hold my beer kind of a thing. Um, but he was like, John Jones fans, there's nothing he can do now. It's quarantine, businesses are shut down, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There's nothing he could possibly get into. John Jones, end of the video. Oh man, so many great memes. Which, speaking of memes, since we're in the news segment and it doesn't have to be relevant to anything, we gotta talk about Tiger King, y'all. We got to talk about Tiger King right now. This is so relevant. This is more relevant than anything has ever been. Okay. Uh, and I, uh, here's the thing. I resisted at first. I heavily resisted because I hate when the, the, the new thing comes out and everyone's like, oh, you got to watch it. Oh, please. Everyone's watching this and tweeting about it. I'm like, bro, give me some space. I'm, I'm, I'm binging Magicians and Lucifer right now. I got priorities. Stop. But then we're... um. Over at uh, my in-laws yesterday, and uh, they obviously hadn't seen those, and we wanted to watch something. And uh, Kate's like, "Let's start Tiger King." I was like, "Okay, yeah, let's watch Tiger King." It is so fucking compelling. Uh, it's also kind of trashy, but like the trash that you like turns itself into like modern art. I was just like, "Whoa, what am I watching?" And 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 honestly, like I was so resistant, but my um my my friends Leo and Andrew kept telling me like, "You gotta watch it." Um, and it was, I think it was part of like, Andrew always tells me like, oh, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. Um, and, and sometimes I'm like, yeah, 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 I will. Uh, and then, but like Leo doesn't really do that. And Leo was like, no, you have to watch it. If nothing else for the memes. That's the first thing where I was like, for the memes, huh? I like memes. And then he's, and Andrew said, just let, just to let you know, there is no good people in it. There are only bad people like just varying degrees of bad people like there's no good person except for the campaign manager let me let's be clear about that the campaign manager that was minding his own fucking business and had to watch uh, by the way spoilers obviously so just if you haven't seen the skip it but spoilers obviously um the, the the poor campaign manager who had to watch travis off himself by accident bro that guy's a fucking sweetheart and he's dealing with these shitty people uh so yeah um <laughs> there's no good person. There's just varying degrees of bad people. Like you end up going, well, that person's like sort of not so bad. Like it's it's mind blowing how terrible these people are, but how fucking compelling it is to watch. I can't get enough, and I'm only I'm not uh, fully uh, done with it yet. I, I watched uh, the first five episodes. It's seven episodes in total, so I have two left. But wow, dude. You gotta, you gotta do them. You gotta watch it, and, and I don't tell people that often. Uh, that's not true. I still probably, but I feel like I say that um, once an episode, probably. But in in life, I don't, I don't do that often. I, I I'm not telling my friends like, oh, you gotta watch this. Um, but you gotta watch Tiger King, dude. Like, just figure it out. It's on Netflix. Just if if you don't have Netflix, first of all, who are you? I don't trust you. Second of all, there's a free trial. I'm pretty sure they used to do that. If not, just Google like Netflix fucking 
uh like trial coupons or whatever the fuck or hey yeah friends the like there's only like 10 netflix accounts in the world and everyone like that has connected to different people like shares the password with everyone else i'm one of them you know obviously i pay for it because dentless but uh you know uh everyone else uses my password so like through that the, through the chain of command like you know you get netflix by sharing passwords that's how the world works baby but yeah watch tiger king watch tiger king and let me tell you something here i i got i got some shit to say about tiger king dude uh carol definitely killed her husband that number one i mean definitely definitely fed him to the tigers first of all she, she's on her fourth husband okay so like you damaged you damaged and like the way she talks about those cats how, how about the fact that she, she thinks she's doing good she thinks she's the only good person and then she's turning these other people down she's a fucking evil bitch dude carol king Wait, not Carol. Carol King's a saint, actually. That's the the writer of um, um, like classic songs, like "I Feel the Earth Move Under My Feet" and uh, "You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman." <laughs> I couldn't get through that without laughing because <laughs> I was thinking about. <laughs> I was thinking about this character that Chris Kattan had on SNL. <laughs> that was called Mango. And it was like this like male cross-dressing stripper or something. I fucking know. It was, it was a different time. It was like the 90s and early 2000s when you could do that. Um, and they did this one episode where he was like, on like vh1 divas which if you never saw it was like they would bring like the divas like beyonce and fucking aretha and like other like fucking christina aguilera and like divas and mariah carey and they would like sing uh a song together like fucking natural woman or whatever and they sang they were doing natural woman and he was doing it with j-lo i think this was on the divas they did a lot of um uh mango sketches it may have just been when j-lo was hosting um or a musical guest but they would sing the song <laughs> And it would get, when I get to Natural Woman, he'd be like, Natural Mango. <laughs> anyway, Carol definitely killed her husband. Carol Baskin. That's her name. Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. Uh, formerly Carol Lewis. That was the third husband's last name. And I don't know her other uh, uh, names because she's the devil. But not the worst one on there, dude. Let's talk about this. Uh, I definitely agree with KGB. I saw her in Mayhem. We're having the debate. Uh, Man of Mayhem that is not Mayhem Miller. Um, but about, uh, Doc Antle, number one, number one bad person, number one bad person, um, hashtag free Joe. <laughs> All right. As you can see, I'm incapable of talking about this coherently. Uh, so I'm going to move on. I'm going to attempt to move on because it might just come up again because that's how the shit works. All right. Ashley Evan Smith is a medical plastic stealing bitch. I can't even believe this, that she fucking, like the footage came out. Uh, like the, 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 what, what is it from like the nest doorbell or whatever those things are that you have like a cam on your doorstep. She definitely stole those medical supplies. It was like an open box of medical supplies that was supposed to be donated to a hospital or something. And again, I am not going to like put, you know, pull up the whole story and go through it with you. Like, do your own research. Like, this is a news commentary podcast, not a news podcast. I don't break any news. I don't do that. Um, 
But, dude, like, she fucked up. Her and her man stole those medical supplies. Like, there's no there's no two ways about it. And then she went on Ariel's IG, and she was like, yeah, we're trying to make it right. And I was just, like, not believing any fucking thing that she said. Uh, it was crazy. It was it was absolutely crazy. Shit is crazy. Absolutely crazy. Bro, this woman is a, is a thieving bitch. I, I just can't. I can't sugarcoat it, dude. You stole medical supplies. Like, she better have, like, some sort of Robin Hood fucking, like, she better have came with that, but she didn't. She was just like, obviously, we're going to donate. And she just fucking, oh, my God, she backpedaled like a motherfucker. She backpedaled worse than Floyd Mayweather. Um, both in his fucking ring career and uh, outside the ring. Oh, domestic violence uh, accuser uh, or accusee. Fuck, I fucked that up. Anyway, um, yeah, Flip was a piece of shit if you didn't know. Um, and don't come at me with this greatest defensive boxer of all time. This is a piece of shit. Um, yeah, Ashley Evan Smith is, is a thieving bitch. And, uh, I've already gone 22 minutes in this segment, just about. So, um, I don't even feel like I'm shortchanging you with that, uh, statement. Cause I don't have any more else to say other than she's a, she's a stealing bitch. Um, and then the last thing I had on here isn't news, obviously, but, um, I got a request from Shane Tara to roast him. Um, he was just like, roast me on the podcast. People usually say Moby Dick or something. Um, and uh, not, Mo- not Moby Dick. Moby, the fucking singer. Why did I say Moby Dick? Uh, which is funny because uh, Moby's a vegan. I think Shane's a vegetarian. Um, that's really funny, actually. So <laughs> the fact that he was like, oh, that's not even that original. Was like, yeah, you probably heard it a thousand times, but it's true. Um, but I wanted to give him a proper roast because um, Shane looks like um, if the the kind of guy that they would that they would put his picture in the admissions offices of colleges to convince people that they should go to college to not end up like him, <laughs> Shane Shane is the kind of guy. <laughs> oh, I'm too high to come up with a good one, Shane. I'm sorry, I failed you. Uh, but that was funny to me. Oh, <laughs> Shane looks like he smells like cabbage. <laughs> oh, convince me otherwise. Uh, also feel free to roast me, but you only get one. Remember, that's the rule. You only get one. So send it in and I'll play it on the podcast of you roasting me. Um, you have a week to come up with it. Go. And, uh, on that note, we're going to transition to the forum, baby. The forum. The forum. You got some questions that I'm gonna ignore them. Just kidding. You know the perfect person to start this fucking segment is with? Because I'm high as shit. And that's Smokey J. Take it away, Smokey J. Juice Exotic, have I got a question for you, motherfucker. Now I want to know who'd win the fight in a mixed martial arts fight between your hero, Joe Exotic, and that crazy motherfucker from down Florida way, Dr. Antelope. Now I know that Dr. Antelope's got a fucking bit of hot and weight advantage on, on fucking Joe Exotic, and Joe's got that gimpy little knee. But if you spill some sardine oil on his shoes and try to ankle pick him, he'll pull out that fucking revolver quick as fuck. 
Taking all that into consideration, I want to know who you'd think would win the fight between fucking Joe Exotic and Dr. Antelope in a no-holds-barred mixed martial arts fight, and that's all. Bye. This is the best question ever in the history of this show. And uh, first, uh, Smokey J wanted me to know, uh, or wanted me to tell him when he wanted to know what dialect that was. You started off in, like, California Surfer, and then I could tell you were attempting Southern, but the problem is people don't, people don't know this. There, there are at least 200 different Southern dialects in the United States. Like, different regions of the South have different uh, dialects. They're, they're all very subtle. Um, most mostly, but there are two. There are two hundred different dialects in the south. So mostly, it was just like, like people in California talk like that already. Like it's like someone that was maybe born in like Tennessee, like wanted to win the fight, but then like moved out to California and tried to talk like everybody else. Bro, that was that was the grass. But now I gotta answer this in my Joe Exotic voice, cause my God. He gon' he gonna win. Now I know what you're thinking. Dr. Anal is bigger. Like he said, Dr. Anal uh has a harem of women's. Dr. Anal is a massive piece of shit. And normally massive pieces of shit are really good at fighting. But you know what? Joe Exotic has absolutely nothing to lose. Joe Exotic is gonna rip his eyes out. Joe Exotic ain't gonna fight fair. He's gonna leave a body in that octagon. Joe Exotic, 10 a 10-7, 10-6, fuck Dr. Antelope. He's the most corrupt one. Fuck him. <laughs> oh, I loved everything about that question, Smokey. You're the man. Hey, Juice. What's going on, man? It's MMA by Melkin, and I'm finally, finally on time. Okay, I'm, all right, it's like two hours later, but still, you know, this, this isn't bad for me, okay? Sort of, kind of on time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my question is, your girl Roxy, so who is the best matchup for her right now in flyweight, and who would be a, a bad matchup for her in flyweight? Like, who does she match up well against and wouldn't have too many problems with, and then who would give her the most problems right now? Take care. You know, love your show. Shout out to everybody on it. MMA Twitter. Take care. Stay safe. Love that guy. Go follow MMA by Milliken. It's M-I-L-I-K-I-N is how you spell Milliken. Um, dude, and, and actually I just finished uh, your latest podcast uh, right before I hit record. So I haven't had time to to properly shout you out. But uh, go, go check out his podcast. He's doing his thing. And uh, I love this question. So... Um, right now, since like the MMA world is on hold, I haven't allowed myself to think about this too much. But I did throw out some names after her last fight, and so it kind of makes me um, uh, it makes me go back to those. And and I I want to see her against Jessica I or Lauren Murphy since she since she since she beat KGB, and um, KGB Lee that is not KGB Notorious, um. But, um, yeah, I think those are good matches for her. I think also um, uh, Jillian Robertson would be a fairly easy match for her. Um, Jillian likes to grapple, and Roxy can out-grapple most of that division. Um, 
I also think uh, Alexis Davis is a good matchup for her. Although Alexis Davis is a fucking black belt as well, so that might be that might be tough. That's a that's a good fight. Um, otherwise, a bad matchup for her, and I say this just because I'm such a massive fan of both of them. Uh, Molly McCann. I don't I don't want to see that fight. I don't. Um, and um, it, it would break my heart um, either way because I love them both so much, like so much. Um, so there's that. Uh, and, and obviously, um, Shevchenko is a bad matchup for anybody on the planet, uh, including and especially Henry Cejudo. None of you triple C stands better at me on that. Don't fucking at me. Valentin Shevchenko would m m m murder Cejudo. So yeah, um, great question. Man, I love Milliken. Hey, what's up, Juice? This is Dave Fretz, at Dave Fretz and at Solo Shoes on Twitter and Instagram. Just wondering how you're doing, uh, how you guys are holding up there. And uh, my question for you today is uh, non-combat sports related. Just wondering what you are doing with your time right now. What's getting most of your time as you're shut in and trying to keep yourself occupied and busy? What are you spending more time than anything else doing? Hope you guys are safe uh, and well and looking forward to hearing your next episode. Cheers, man. All right. So, wow, that's a great question. Love Dave. Shout out to Dave. He's a big uh, big supporter of the show. Made my new logo. Love, love that. Um, as Rhino calls him, the Einstein of graphic design. Dude, you guys got to listen to comments for the Rhino. I don't think he left the question, so I... I, I there's not like a easy opportunity to shout him out, but definitely go fucking check out Combat Sports the Rhino. You know why, dude? Because he fucking is a professional heavyweight boxer uh, for over ten years, and MMA tour is like, oh, uh, if you don't train, I don't want to hear your opinion. Well, you need to hear his because it's fucking informed. He's he's thirty and zero, dude. How about that? He is thirty and zero as a professional boxer, and I will not let the truth get in the way of a good story ever, ever in my life. So. Go listen to Combat Sports to Rhino. Uh, he, uh, Dave Fretz also made his logo. That's where what made me think of that. Um, bro, what have I been doing? Well, first of all, we've been watching uh, all the Netflix and Hulu. Um, we we just well we, we did five episodes of Tiger King yesterday, and um, we finished uh, watching The Magicians. That's a fucking great show on Sci-Fi Channel, and actually the the creator of that show. Uh, one of the co-creators, John McNamara, shout out to him, uh, just followed me on Twitter because I posted a video of me doing my uh, monologue from Importance of Being Earnest that I no longer get to do as part of Laura Benanti's, um Sunshine Songs uh, movement or whatever you want to call it. So I posted that and he um, commented, well done. And I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. Actually, he said, perfectly done. Okay, perfectly done. Um, I'm going to sound so dumb. If you ever listen to it, probably like, oh, what a fucking loser fanboy. Um, anyways, The Magician, Lucifer. If you guys haven't watched Lucifer, go watch Lucifer. It's, it's a fucking great show. Um, we're probably going to watch The Office uh, because we both tried to get into it and just failed. Parks and Rec was way better. <laughs> Parks and Rec is such a good show. Um, but basically, that's been taking up and Bully Beat. I said I've been I've been watching old Bully Beat done episodes um, and cooking a lot. Being a being a vegan makes meal prep hard. Well, it doesn't make it hard. It makes it essential. And we suck at doing meal prep in general. So we end up. Um, doing recipes that are always the healthiest and we just been really eating a lot healthier during this quarantine. I've been, I've been loving it. We've also been like snacking more, which is like 
the quarantine 15 is real, at least on my end. Um, but, um, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's been, it's been a great opportunity to just like spend time with each other as uh, a couple. I've really been enjoying it. And, uh, obviously we see your family, uh, probably more than we should if we're going to follow the, you know, social distancing, but, uh, you know, we, we wash our hands. We make sure they sanitize everything. Her mom, her mom's a nut about that. Um, so, uh, I think we're pretty good there. Great question, Dave. And that does it for voice questions. Uh, I did get a, um, let me just check my notes. Yes. Yes. I got a DM from Phil, uh, before I want to, uh, go into the actual Twitter forum. Uh, but, uh, Phil, uh, the MMA dude. Yeah. It's at Phil, the MMA dude, co-host of the split decision podcast. Um, you should definitely check out that podcast, uh, especially because they are one of the ones that's still going during this quarantine, like, like me. Uh, and he says last week, I said that, uh, I think Charles Oliveira will be a future lightweight champion. Khabib has strongly hinted that he's near his end. And Tony is two years short of 40. What do you think I am crazy? I like his chances against, say, a Dustin Poirier in a title fight, or I think if I with McGregor or Gaethje, it would both be classics. That's my question for the week. And I see what you're saying. Now, I never, like, when you said that, I never thought he meant he could literally be the champion. Um, saying someone is a future champion doesn't always mean, like, they can beat the current champion. Like, even though Gregor Gillespie uh, got knocked the fuck out by Kevin Lee and people are saying he's overrated, I still think he has the potential to be a future champion. That doesn't mean I think he can beat Khabib right now or that he's even close to Tasha. I just think he, he can eventually get a title. Um, same with Kevin Lee. Uh, so fuck it. But yeah, uh, Charles Oliveira it belongs in that category as well. Uh, he could he could absolutely be fighting Felder now, which uh, I didn't really want to see. But, uh, you know, Felder is uh, coming off what is on the record books, a loss, which I don't consider a loss, um, and he he beat Oliveira, and that's usually the only way people can fight down is if they um, lost a, f uh, you know, coming off a loss, you know, and the guy you want to fight is or that wants to fight you is is ranked lower. Um, although maybe Oliveira is higher now. The rankings are so fucking wacky, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, no, I I absolutely agree, Phil. Um, the gates you want I don't know about because. Um, Gaethje doesn't use wrestling offensively, only defensively. Uh, and he's one of the best wrestlers in that division. He just doesn't use it uh, as far as his like pedigree. So um, I absolutely think, um, you know, Gaethje would be a really tough fight for him. Uh, but that said, like you said, it would be a classic. And uh, I do like his chances against Poirier as well. Because um, Poirier isn't that good of a defensive wrestler and he, he's not beating him on the ground. So, yeah. Wow. Great, great question. Now we move back to the Twitter forum. So you guys sent me some awesome random questions, and I'm super fucking excited. I didn't ask for, like, I was going to ask for something specific, obviously, uh, but then I was like, you know what, let's just open up the floodgates again. That, that's when it's the funnest anyway. And I'm high as shit. And then, oh, dude, Raging Sweeps just sent me a bunch of fucking <laughs> a list of things. You know, I had to, <laughs> like he did last week, I had to, um, I had to actually like write these down and research them because I forgot last week he told me to mention like the top five Shakespeare adaptations and I fucking forgot West Side Story, even though I I 
meant to. I, I researched it and I was like, yeah, dude, I got to talk about what's that story based on Romeo and Juliet, obviously. Um, so he asked me a bunch of questions and I actually wrote my answers down because <laughs> I know I wouldn't be able to forget. Um, so first he says, what book series would you like to see become a TV show? Um, honorable mention before I pick my actual answer. Um, I said, I've said before they should do like a prequel to the Harry Potter series. Um, like Lily and James, either while they're in school or like out of Hogwarts. And uh, your boy can play James Potter. Let's, let's be clear about that. Um, but I just think that would be so cool. And uh, they could be very unique. And it would be like an HBO miniseries. Uh, so they could be like, um, you know, just not fucking miss out on anything. And they can tell the full story and as many episodes as they need. Um, but my actual answer is uh, Pendragon. If you, um, if you haven't read these books there and, and you like like fantasy sci-fi, definitely check them out. Um, it's about a guy who is like a, a starts out as a, a kid in the first books. He's like fourteen when it happens or something like that. And he finds that he's a traveler, which they can go to different like worlds. Basically, it's kind of hard to explain, but basically he's he's stopping um, uh, this guy named Saint Dane, who's like a fucking evil cunt who um, is trying to fuck up the order of like the the universe of like space and time and stuff like that. It's a uh, it's a great fucking series. Uh, might be my favorite book series. That's not. Um, Harry Potter. But yeah, that's my fucking answer. It's great. And then he says, what 80s movie remake would you want to star in? This is easy. Tr Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Absolutely. Um, I did a scene uh, while a monologue from it, really. Um, the Steve Martin one where he's like tearing into John Candy, calling him a fucking annoying asshole. Um, and I always just thought like, those are the kind of fucking roles I want to play. It's like Steve Martin kind of roles. And... Uh, the Jerk was also a good one, but I don't think they should remake it. Like, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, I could actually see them being remade because it's it's kind of similar to that, uh, like, Due Date with the Robert Downey Jr. They, they, they kind of took the premise a little bit um, in that movie. And so it just it holds up in modern times. and They could they could be so much more creative with it, with the, with the new uh, methods and things like that. It, it would be fun. And generally, I don't like remakes, but if they remade that one, I wouldn't be too upset. Other than the fact that, like, it's a classic John Hughes movie, and John Hughes is one of the best, like, directors of, of 80s films of all time. And, uh, you know, he's no longer with us, so that would be really sad. Uh, so, oh, the next one is, who is your favorite villain? And I mentioned St. Dane from Pendragon. This guy's a fucking evil bitch, and he can shapeshift, and uh, sometimes he th he's, he plays someone that he thinks is on their side. It turns out he's not. He's a fucking nasty asshole. But then a lot of times he, he like, is over with it, um, it's just, these, there's, there's a lot of layers and I appreciate that. Um, but also Sauron from Lord of the Rings, cause it's just like fucking the personification of evil. Like he's nothing else, but just pure evil. Um, Cersei Lannister, who is, uh, like one of the best villains in, um, in TV really ever, uh, until the end when they kind of, uh, made her weak. Uh, but, uh, for the most part. Cersei Lannister is the shit, and of course Macy Barber, um, and uh, and Luke Rockhold because uh, my my hate for them fuels me, like I love to hate them. Um, oh, and his next one says, "What word do you wish you could use more often in your daily vocabulary?" 
I pride myself in having a pretty wide vocabulary and I try to use it often. Uh, it's something that I, I started to not do online when I first, like, especially when I first joined MMA Twitter. I didn't want to come off as like a fucking pompous asshole. But then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I, I got to be me. I got to be, say what I want to say. And sometimes you got to fucking flex on these motherfucking trolls that have two words in their vocabulary. Um, make them do some Googling to figure out some what words are. But there's a word I don't use often enough. And that is um, fastidious. I just think it's a great word. Um, but also cod swallop and poppycock. <laughs> those are great ones. Uh, Americans might not know what those words are, but we'll look them the fuck up. Like Google exists. You know what I mean? Like don't don't tell me like, hey, what does that word mean? Like the amount of time that you type that tweet, like you can Google it. Um, uh, sounding like an asshole right now. Sorry. Um, his next question says, where do you want to retire? It's 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 interesting question because my answer is more than likely going to change by the time it's actually time to retire, uh, especially with, like we don't know what the world's going to look like then. Um, that's just the reality of it or what the economy is going to look like if I even can retire. But um, San Diego is my choice right now. That's just my, um, at the moment, my favorite uh, city in the U.S. And um, it's a very easy to like have a like retirement lifestyle there a lot of things to do and it's a very like slow paced town while not being boring like i just i love everything about san diego um i've heard some shitty things about the gaslight district and whatever but like stop shitting on my city like just stop um oh but what i'm saying my ideal because that uh honestly like i'm retired with mrs juice and that's um somewhere we can agree upon probably although it also have to be near her family we'd have to consent to move so it's a whole thing but um what was i going to say ideally um if i could have my my druthers i would why did i say that it's so lame um it would be like in some european country where i can speak multiple languages like on a daily basis um or at least you know that would be Something where we would get like a timeshare, you know, in fucking Spain or something like that. And I could, you know, could travel to France and Germany and, and do different things. Fuck, that would be so nice. Uh, and his lessons, have you ever foraged for wild food? <laughs> kind of, but not really. Um, so I, uh, I was in Boy Scouts <laughs> when I was little. And uh, when I was little, I mean, when I was a kid, teenager, whatever. Like you start as a Cub Scout when you're like 10 or 12 and then you move into Boy Scouts. Um, and I went to um, camp. That's actually where my, um, that's actually where the name Juice originated. Um, originally, I think I've told the story on the podcast before I was at uh, camp. It was, it was Boy Scout camp and um, we're sitting around a campfire. Everyone was like picking nicknames and people were, were like, call me Tooth or call me Snake or like trying to, trying to sound like fucking badass. And even at 13, I was like, these fucking assholes are lame as fuck thinking that it sounds cool. And so I was like, just call me Juice. I, th I think I might have been like sipping a juice box at the time. I was like, yeah, just call me Juice. Um, and it sounds sexy. Um, so anyway, we had to get different merit badges there. That was like, you can get merit badges by doing shit outside of camp. But most of the time it's hard. And you're like, uh, like, like the kind of nerd that nerds hate. Like a fucking nerd for like doing your merit badges outside of camp so there's a place an opportunity to like get shit done and uh one of the one was foraging and i had to like 
get some some stuff, but I didn't eat it. I just had to pass the test. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I kind of did, but I wouldn't I wouldn't trust me. <laughs> like let's put it that way. Though I have um like my uh, last uh, place that we lived in LA, um the landlord had a garden that she would let us get from, so if that qualifies then yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, actually, Pixie had um, uh, had responded to this, and her, some of her answers are fun. Inheritance Cycle, which, if you didn't know, is the one that the first one is Aragon that they made into a trash movie, like an absolute trash movie. But I read like the first three books, and I was like, this fucking shit is badass. Even though he's heavily influenced, like heavily influenced by Lord of the Rings and and uh, other like like Star Wars and other stuff that have like uh, archetypes that are just like influential. So there there was a lot of like like if you watch the movie, especially. Uh, even though the movie did a bad job, like it was just basically because I had to cut it out for time. It was like a really long book, and like this, there's a scene where he's like getting on the dragon, and um, it, it's it's almost like fucking like word for word like the same scene that's in like Star Wars, and like with like like a similar scene with Yoda or like Obi Wan. Like I was just like fuck, dude, really? Um, even though Jeremy Irons did a good job, terrible movie, but good books. Um, she also said a word she wanted to use is discombobulation and that she regularly forages her food. So that's cool. <laughs> um, all right. This is a question from Ashwin at Omnishwin. And he says, random, what's the biggest thing you've learned about the world from all this, uh, COVID-19 stuff? What previous belief do you now not have? Um, oh, well, I'll tell you something. Um, I don't know if that's meant to be like two separate questions, like what what have you learned about the world and what belief do you not have, or is that just sort of expanding upon the original question of like what's like what do you now know? Um, but for me, like I was remembering the the times that we had a dry spell and there there being no UFC cards and a lot of other MMA cards either, and just people being so nasty online. And I was just prepared for the worst because this is like, there's no end in sight. You know what I mean? There's no like end day where we're like, hey, shit's going to get back to normal on this date. There's literally like nothing. And I was expecting utter fucking pandemonium. And I was like, I'm blocking you motherfuckers. I don't give a fuck. But that has not happened at all. Like people are actually being somewhat nice and, and people are actually like making threads with each other to like engage, uh, keep the MMA talk going or just talk about other things to distract us from the world burning down around us. It's really cool. Um but I've also, I've also learned that people didn't wash their hands enough. <laughs> like, uh, I definitely wash my hands more since this, but, um, dude, I would, I would come in on like, if my hands felt grimy, I was like, dude, I gotta wash my hands right now. I'm not gonna f eat or, or, or touch my food or touch my face with my hands like this. I gotta wash my hands. I'm finding that people are not, haven't been doing that. Like, what the fuck? Wash your hands. Like, obviously wash your hands. Like what? Like the sign in the fucking restrooms that it's like employees must wash their hands. They need that, dude. They need that for employees. First of all, everyone wash your hands. Like, what the fuck? I don't know. Anyway, this question is from Hectic1 at Hectic underscore one. Hectic spelled with a K. He says, favorite Elton John, David Bowie, and Billy Joe song. Dude, this is such a fucking great question. Um, and by the way, Sweet Potato's answers are Tiny Dancer, um, Fashion, and It's Still Rock and Roll to Me. I, and he, I fucking fucking included the, the video for Still Rock and Roll to Me. I love that fucking song. Still Rock and Roll to Me. Dude, I might have to fucking 
use that on the podcast sometime. Still UFC to me. I shouldn't be letting you go on this brainstorming session. God damn it. Buried the lead. Um, actually, my favorite Elton John is... Um, I mean, all, dude, all of his songs are cliche. Like, you can't say, like, saying Tiny Dance was a cliche because, like, all of them are. Like, uh, if I had to pick one, it would probably be your song. Although I do like uh, Ewan McGregor's version from Moulin Rouge, like, way better because Elton John's actually not that good of a singer sometimes. Um, and I know I, I did Still Standing on the podcast, but I it's actually not my favorite of his. Um, like, even a runner-up to, to your song. Uh, but my other one is um, Sorry Seems to Be the Hardest Word and uh, fucking Benny and the Jets, dude. That's a great fucking song. Benny and the Jets. Although someone on American Idol one time did it and she was like, I don't know, she was like too young, but her voice was like cool as fuck. And she's like, Benny and the Jets. And I was like, that's the only version I want to hear when I fucking think about that song. Uh, David Bowie, you know, this is going to like sound lame, but like, I'm not that big of a David Bowie fan. Like I'm, I'm a fan of who he was and I'm, I'm a fan of him in Labyrinth and like a lot of other things that he did. And obviously his fucking cameo in Zoolander was legendary, but like, I just, I have a lot of friends that are hardcore Bowie fans and they're kind of annoying about it. So, um, I, I've never like felt like I can really talk about Bowie and, and be like in a conversation with people that are going to enjoy what I have to say about it. But I fucking love ground control to major Tom. That's probably not even the name of it because I'm uh, terrible, but uh, and own changes like changes down the face changes. Um, and the one that Nine Inch Nails covered is good. I don't know that because I had a uh, a roommate um, slash uh, one of my best friends slash co-host of my other podcast, Mixed Martial Opinions, um, Andrew. He's a fucking massive Nine Inch Nails fan. He's enjoying that new album uh, and. Uh, he said that there's a that that David Bowie song that's like, I'm afraid of Americans. I'm afraid of the world. And the video, um, he's following Trent Reznor or something like that. I don't know. Watch it. It's good. Anyway, favorite Billy Joel song. Then this is the hardest one. Because Billy Joel is one of my favorite artists of all time. And he's one of my dad's favorites. And he was, it was always played in my house. I think he's one of the best songwriters ever. Um, like Paul McCartney, who is arguably the best songwriter ever, uh, or definitely is on the short list for the top 10. Um, he said that Billy Joel's song, Always a Woman, he wishes he, um, uh, he wishes he, um, he wishes he wrote it. Like he, he listed as one of the songs that he wished he, he had written a song like that. So that's, uh high high praise for Billy Joe's uh, songwriting abilities um, some of my favorites are um, She's Got Away um, quick sidebar I, I think I don't even know if my wife knows this I almost sang that to her at our wedding um, I wanted to sing her a song and actually um, I ended up singing the song from the wedding singer that he sings on the plane it's like I wanna grow old with you um, so I sang her that and Leo who you guys know from the podcast Leo played the guitar and um before that, if I had more time to rehearse and everything, I was going to sing She's Got Away. Um, and uh, like my dad plays the piano. He was going to play the piano, but we couldn't get one. And then like we would have not been able to rehearse it. It was just kind of messy. So I thought that was, would be easier. But um, She's Got Away is like literally one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, I also love his song We Didn't Start the Fire because it's, uh, it's a history song. I'm a big history buff. 
And so I just, I, I love that. Vienna is fucking amazing. Um, uh, and then, and so it goes is one of my favorites, which is always, people think it's my sanctuary. Um, but it's like, um, and so it goes, and so it goes. And I have a soft spot in my heart for keeping the faith because this is a quick story. Uh, so not a quick story, but it's, I'm going to tell it anyway. Um, in high school, in, in my freshman year, I was chosen by the theater teacher to represent us, to be one of the one of two people to represent us in like a thespian competition for state and uh, for musical theater. And... Um, we we were such a like a we were in like ghetto Las Vegas and like East Las Vegas. Like if you live in Vegas, we we're in fucking. I mean, you know. Well, if you live, I can say I, I went to Desert Pines. I went to DP, um, which is a fucking ghetto ass school. Um, literally, some people nicknamed it Drive By High. Not me, but some people did nickname it that. Um, and uh, like we didn't have access to like a bunch of uh, different like backing tracks. You had to bring your own backing track or something like that if you wanted accompaniment. And uh, all the, the the theater teacher had was like a Wicked a CD um, and then um, Moving Out, which is a musical based on Billy Joe's music. And I was like, oh, I know Billy Joel. This is great. And I sing Keeping the Faith. And I realized I'm so stupid because it's a song about a guy like reminiscing about um, like the good old days and like his um, youth and whatever, uh, like things that influence. Like it's a really good song. But um I was fucking 14 years old singing that. I was, what was I thinking, dude? And the fucking teacher did not have the frame of mind. Uh, R.I.P. Mrs. Bernstein. Um, wow, one of my favorite teachers. She's not only with us. That's really sad. Um, she didn't have the sense to be like, this is a reminiscing song and, and you are 14 years old. Um, and then my um, <laughs> my buddy Andre, who was literally like the best singer in the whole school, uh, but he sang like R&B style. Um, even he was our Danny Zuko in Greece and he's singing it like R&B style. <laughs> um, but he sang Your Eyes from Rent, which is like a rock song. Uh, but he sang it like, the problem is he wasn't like an actor per se. So he did like, that's a really acty song and he didn't uh, quite do it. But he, he fucking sang that better than like the rock guys do in my opinion. Um, and uh, I was like, we're fucked. <laughs> because... <laughs> We ended up losing to this guy who fucking sang Confrontation from Jekyll and Hyde, which was one of the hardest songs ever to sing. And he was like, can't you see? You are me. Forever you will be high. I can't go that high. Anyway, why do you guys listen to me ramble, dude? Talking about musical theater. Um, so, yeah, those are my favorite Billy Joel songs. Oh, and Down Easter Alexa is so fucking deep dude and fucking leningrad dude just listen to billy joel right now i don't care who you are listen to billy joel right now oh you know what's another great one of his i think it's called summer highlands 1974 it's like one of the ones that no one really plays everyone's like oh yeah do piano man which is obviously one of the best songs of all time like do this do that no summer highlands 19 summer highland falls fuck it's, it's so not a well uh it's so not a uh overdone song that people don't even know it but it's this great line where, where it's like, it's either sadness or euphoria. Fuck. He's so good. I'm about to like get choked up because of how, how good Billy Joel is. Uh, this next question is from Fraser at Fuzz LCFC. Shout out to this guy. He says, do you believe in the Big Bang that could could have created our universe? <laughs> it's so funny you say that because I, I just, literally just like uh, a few days ago got to the episode in Lucifer where they're talking about um, the Big Bang. 
how it was literally like his because Lucifer is, is the son of God. He was talking about the Big Bang is is God and and the goddess banging that created the universe, created humans in the world. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, the Big Bang, literally. Uh, but uh, yeah, I do. I, I I tend to err on the side of science. Like whenever it comes to to that sort of thing, um, I, I haven't, you know. I don't know if there are any other scientific theories other than the Big Bang, but you know what they say. The whole universe was in a hot, dense mass and nearly 14 million years ago. The fucking Bare Naked Ladies theme song for Big Bang Theory. So good. All started with the Big Bang. Okay. Um, and then his MMA question, he says, if Joanna and Zhang Weili fought again, who would win? See, I'm I'm biased. I tend to see, think Zhang won, but Joanna is probably more proficient in like learning from her mistakes. Uh, like she got like embarrassed in the first rose fight and then took her to, to a decision, which some Joanna stands think she won for some reason. Uh, but this one, and 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 some of them think she won this one again. And I'm not that this that one was way more close. Like I thought Rose clearly won the second Joanna fight. This one, I'm like I could see that for Joanna, but I personally had Zhang, and um, I just think like. She was going through so much. It was her first title defense, and she had to be quarantined in different uh, countries before coming because the coronavirus. And just like the, the fucking mental toughness, like I can't even fathom what it takes to do that. And and she she performed like like whatever. I think she could probably learn from her mistakes as well, though I haven't seen you know that uh, that much from her to to be like, oh yeah, she always does that. She she normally like wrecks people, so. The truth is, we don't know. Like that's a that's a close fight. Like that's the fucking Jones Gus one of women's MMA. Like that's it. Like that was the fucking pinnacle that we saw. Uh, this next question from Brad at Backwoods. Brad Woods is with a Z. It says if you stack two lasagnas on top of each other, do you have two or two? Bro, don't do this to me right now. He's about to break my brain, dude. If you have, if you stack, like, this is like one of those. I can't tell if he's like trying to like postulate, like, like, oh, how much what 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 truck what truck truck what. If it's like one of those, you know, fucking questions you see that people share on fucking Instagram stories, where like, oh, if you lose, uh, DM me the answer. I tell you if you're wrong, and then you have to repost it. And it's always just some clever play on words, like, oh, the first part wasn't a question, or the last part wasn't. Like, this is like one of those. Like, you said two. And you stack them. How many do you have? Is it two or one? And you said you have two. Like like it's a fucking math trick problem. You see what I'm saying? It's like a trick question. It's two. But you could also... Like there's no limit to how uh, tall a lasagna could be. So if you stack them, then you do have technically still one as well. Fuck you, Brad. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, this is a great question. Now I want some goddamn lasagna. And I can't eat it because dairy. Because vegan ricotta and vegan... Uh, rigot, as uh, New Jerseyans like to say, rigot, marigot, uh, fucking uh, lasagna is goddamn good. Oh my god, I miss lasagna. Uh, this is next from Kim Close. Got it right this time. K I M K L O Z underscore four. Uh, he says, Why is vodka always cheaper than dinner for two? <laughs> what? Bro, what are you even saying? <laughs> it depends on where you go for dinner, actually. You can get a nice dinner for two at Taco Bell for uh, less than most of vodka worth drinking. Yeah, that's the, that's the problem. What fucking vodka are you drinking, dude? Fucking literally like low-shelf vodka tastes like rubbing alcohol. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? Seriously. 
Don't drink chitty vodka. Like if I if I can impart one nugget of wisdom to to anyone listening to this podcast is that don't drink shitty vodka. Because I literally have drink vodka where I'm like, oh my god, I might go blind because this is moonshine gone wrong. And I've also had vodka that was from the Ukraine that was infused with honey, and I was like, this is the best shit I've ever had in my life. It's so pure and clean. And uh, so there's a fucking there's a big difference in vodka. Like wow, like rum and other stuff like you can have like fucking like just low level Bacardi and it's like okay whatever and then you can also have like and then it's not that bad but it's real cheap and then you can have like top shelf shit like Kanye Bravo and it's like damn dude this is this is good as fuck and it's not that expensive um Smokey J did a fucking weird ass fucking Bob Ross gift that's not Bob Ross uh, oh, uh, exotic mayhem at Fabian Gibb. Shout out to you. Says, what is the greater injustice? Carol not going to jail for murdering her husband or Jeff Lowe not going to jail for conspiracy to commit murder? Okay, here's the thing, bro. I haven't, so I haven't gotten to the last two episodes, so I don't know if Jeff Lowe, uh, is even like, that's a thing. Because in my opinion, like looking at Je- like Jeff Lowe, I was like, yeah, he's kind of a rich asshole and he uses the fucking, like, every, like that's the thing. Everyone in Tiger King is a massive piece of shit. <laughs> like, Jeff Lowe literally, like, will bring fucking Baby Tiger in a suitcase and, like, smuggle into the hotel that way and they'll go clubbing with him and his wife because they're swingers, which is got no problem with that. That's fine. Swing if you want to. But they, they, do, they use the tires like, hey, you want to come play with the Baby Tiger? They use that to fucking lure girls into their hotel room and the fucking... Even the guy, even on the interview, out of his own mouth, he said, a little pussy gets you a lot of pussy. I was like, bro, you're disgusting, first of all. But I don't know if he's, uh, you know, up for conspiracy to, to commit murder because, like, that's not uh, something that I've gotten to yet. But uh, still, piece of shit. Uh, but Carol, dude, first of all, like I said, Carol definitely killed that husband. She definitely fed to the, for the fucking, to the fucking lions. Tigers, bro, first of all, how about Carol being like, he thinks someone put something on his shoe to get the tiger to go out for, first of all, to get a tiger to, to go do that, you want to put sardine oil, to, you were going to have him eat him, I mean, come on, the perfume, all they do is drool over it, I was like, Carol definitely knows what sardine oil is for, and she definitely killed her husband, check the septic tank, dude. She's, he's under the septic tank. We need answers. We need justice, Carol. Justice for Don and his fucking eight mistresses. Justice for Don and his fucking uh, ex-wife who got shafted. Justice to Don and his fucking eight million kids, probably. Um, but yeah, Joe Exotic is also a piece of shit. Doc Anil is the biggest piece of shit. Um, I don't know how anyone can't see that. Other than Carol, Carol is like literally like a fucking human murderer as well. And but, and here's the problem: they Carol almost as bad, dude. She thinks she's the good one. Like they all think like most of them like Doc Anil and and fucking Joe Exotic. Like they think they're they're doing it, but they're, it's also mostly like just like this is my constitutional right. Like you can't take away my tigers. I I'm gonna have this zoo uh, come pry from a cold dead figures. I'm broke as shit. <laughs> like that's their fucking mentality. In a sense, Doc Anil, they think he's like educating them or whatever. Like that's fine, K. But like for the most part, it's just about like constitutional right and fucking 
alpha male bullshit. Whereas Carol King's like, I'm saving them. Meanwhile, bitch, you allergic to cats. Get out of here, dude. Carol King. And 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 them and her and Joe Exotic fighting. They, they both did some nasty shit. Let's be fair. Like, uh, it's just so dumb, dude. But I can't look away. Bro. All right, this next question is from Dean R at Dean Dog 3. He says, if you could do anything or go anywhere, what would it be? Not now, of course. <laughs> yeah, because don't leave your house. But, um, see, that's such a tough question because I've always wanted to go to London and I never have. Um, I've always wanted to, you know, go to Spain. I just travel like that. If I could do anything, right, it, it would just be to, to travel, to be able to have a job like if if the podcast takes off and uh people actually want to fucking sponsor my high ramblings and shitty MMA takes, I'm I'm gonna be fucking be doing this podcast every week from a different country, dude. How about that? I'm gonna be do having like a little fucking roaming studio and just like do it from all over the country, like, hey, we're in Indonesia right now covering Jakarta Fight Night Four, like fucking A. <laughs> I remember this one time when I was working at the dealership and my uh, my boss, um, who's Israeli, he like knew, he could tell people's accents because he, he dealt with a lot of people. And these people from Indonesia were there and they're like, you're from Jakarta, right? Jakarta? He could say it. And then one time he would call me Jakarta as a nickname because I laughed my ass off when he said that. He would just be like, he would look at me and go, Jakarta. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, but yeah, I would be fucking... I would be just traveling. Just be a, be a traveling man. That's my dream. Um, oh, this uh, next question is from Alicia at Caffeine Cornet. Big bitch energy. She says, if you could write your own musical, what would it be about? Oh, my God. See, this is the this is the thing. Like, I, as much as I love musicals and I love, like, um, other things like combat sports and, and, and other like aspects of like nerd culture and things like that, they wouldn't all make good musicals. Like they made a musical out of r- the movie Rocky and it, it's trash. There are some good songs if you were to take it out, but for the most part, it's trash, like absolute garbage. Um, so good musicals are always based on like an existing story usually um, because contrary to popular belief like they don't randomly break out in a song good musicals are uh in good musicals anyway it's written when a song is is put into the story when words are no longer good enough like just the spoken word like it's it's at the height of emotion when a character can no longer express themselves amelodically if that makes sense um and and so the only thing i would feel qualified to write a musical about that you know they say write what you know would be like my own life and or just i would just write about like you know like not like my whole life like your story when i was born and like fucking whatever but like i would just like it would just be drawing from my own experiences like i would i would, I would write uh like a musical about like a, a cancer patient who um turns his life around and stops being uh, a shitty boyfriend you know um i would uh i would write about that probably so you'd be like um ju uh i'm trying to think of a clever name with like juice but like no see it's gonna sound um anti-semitic and i'm definitely semitic so <laughs> that's not a word i don't think but uh, anyways i'm jewish 
Um, this uh, guy, Matt Savage, at Matt underscore Savage 83, says, would you consider having a guest? Yeah, dude. Um, I was actually supposed to have a guest this week. Um, I don't know if you've ever listened to my show, Matt, but I literally have only ever had one guest, and that's my best friend, Leo, because I didn't want this to be a guest podcast. I wanted it to be a solo podcast uh, for many reasons, but um, uh, I I do have uh, a short list of like people that I, I would want to have on the podcast that I want to be meaningful. And I was supposed to do a guest this week. As I, as I mentioned, I was going to have a buddy of mine who is a certified ref in, uh, in New Jersey. And I wanted you guys to hear from him as far as like what it takes to be a referee and the, and the certification they go through and things like that. Uh, so, uh, and I enjoy talking fights with him. So it'll be, it'll be a good time. This, that's going to come probably next week. Uh, but other than that, I mostly don't have guests. Um, MMA mental at Scotland underscore MMA says, if you're going to be high as fuck with no MMA, then outside the box, if you have time, if not leave it on, I'm big now. So I'm happy either way. Oh yeah. So this is a fucking great question. He said, he said, if Superman teamed up with John Jones, triple C Khabib and Bane, like from Batman, if that was one team versus Batman having Izzy, Francis, Tony, being Tony Ferguson, I believe, Francis being Francis Ngannou, and Yoda, who would win? First of all, this is a fucking, this is a tough one because um, people like to do Batman versus Superman stuff, like in life, like writers like to do that. And I think it's so terrible. First of all, movie with, with Batfleck and um, and um, Henry Cavill or Cavill or whatever the fuck. Um, better as the Witcher than Superman, like by far. But... Um, uh, the movie was terrible. But my, my point is, whenever oh, they do this, I'm pretty sure Batman wins. And I'm like, why, dude? Like, he's literally a normal-ass person with fucking tech gear. And Superman literally has superhuman strength, can fly, and has laser vision. Like, what the fuck? And, and he's bulletproof. Like, what the fuck is Superman going to do? Or what the fuck is Batman going to do? So this is like the fucking shit. So my my tendency would be to pick Superman, but I'm looking at the team, dude. First of all, Izzy. Second of all, Tony. Third of all, Big Francis can knock anyone the fuck out. Probably could even knock out Superman. Um, and Yoda, dude. It's a it's fucking game over, dude. Yoda can fucking uh, uh, dismantle anything Bane has to offer with the Force. He can probably fucking Force choke all of them or electrocute him with the Force lightning. Yoda is literally like one of the best fucking. Jedi's of all time, so it's got to be it's got to be that team. With even though I, I hate Batman winning because Batman is trash, um, Francis Ngannou, Tony Ferguson, Yoda, Israel Adesanya, get the fuck out of here, dude. That's it. That's a wrap. Shout out to Zoe. That's a wrap, dude. Um, and that's it for the forum. Wow, you guys were were really great with this one. Uh, so. Uh, if you want to join the forum in the future, I encourage you to do so. You can send me questions either um, just via t like just just a t um, like written word. What I'm trying to think of like a, like a typed out question via email to fightingwithmyselfpod at gmail .com, or you can also email a recording of your voice. Uh, like you can record it on your own, like like you've heard from the lovely people. Even though that wasn't the method they used, um, you can do that. You can also uh, Go go download the Anchor app and search Fighting With Myself and hit message. Or I tweet out the link on the Twitter forum all the time. 
which is the third way, which is to go on my my Twitter after uh, you know Sunday morning, Saturday night, and drop a question. And uh, we'll wrap up here, and I'll just give my final thoughts. And so, in closing, I just want to say, with this whole uh, COVID nineteen situation, is that while it's not ideal, it's it's something we're all going through. So it's something we can all relate to. Um, I normally don't follow people back right away, but uh, like on Twitter, but I, I've been trying to do that more often um, within within reason, of course, because I just want to like sort of I don't know grow a community more in this time because you know now now's the time where we're, we're getting to know each other a little more better, and I uh, that's not um, that's not proper English a little better a little more intimately, I should say. And um, it's something that I, I, b- I believe will get us through this. And, uh, you know, make sure you're you're practicing social distance and stay the hell away from everybody. But also make sure to tell your family members you love them. And, you know, we had a situation where um, someone, a uh, family friend, was um, passed unexpectedly, but it wasn't uh, to do with the coronavirus. It was just sort of in these shitty times. And that we were talking, um, and uh, my mother-in-law said, you know, it's what's sad now because everyone has to be in isolation. When when you die, you die alone. Like, it's 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 really it's really terrible. So um, we're gonna get through this. I'm gonna, like I said, continue to do this podcast every week. Um, I'm gonna keep trying to to steer it toward MMA. Hug your loved ones. Um, hug them an extra one for me. Uh, kiss your kids for me. And uh, I will see you next week. Until then, good night and good fights. But save the fucking side.